Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Are you ready? You ready for some of this? Luke chapter 8. How many of y'all knew it was going to be Luke chapter 8? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody was listening to Jesus. <laughs> you didn't know it. You lying up in church. Son! <laughs> Lord, help him. And he's a pastor, too. I'll tell you what. I'll just play it. I love you, man. Hey, we are going to read some scripture from the book of Luke, chapter 8. Um, if you have it with you, uh, please turn there. If not, it is going to be on the screen. There's a 50-50 shot that I will pronounce some of these words correctly, but if not, this is no perfect people allowed. And anyway, Luke chapter 8. Soon after, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some of the women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, possibly. That sounded pretty good. Chusa, which is an awesome name, by the way. Uh, Herod's business manager. Uh, Susanna and many other who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Wow, like... Jesus had a whole crew of people that were just supporting him and the disciples and, like, Peter, because Peter eats a lot. So, like, it took a whole crew to get Jesus' team there. So one day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seeds. Now, as he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath while it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Now other seed fell among thorns that grew up, and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, Anyone? With ears to hear should listen and understand. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. And when they hear, they won't understand. This disciples, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed, the seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath, it represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil, it represents those who hear the message and they receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they only believe for a while and then they fall away when they're faced with temptation. The seed that fell among the thorns, they represent those that who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. 
And so they never actually grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil, they represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, who cling to it, and patiently it produces a huge harvest. So here it is. Here's the story where Jesus is going out, and he is going to tell a story. And he decides he's going to tell this story in the form of a parable. Now, there are certain uh, spoken, unspoken, known rules when it comes to public speaking. Rule number one is this. Know your audience. Know who you are talking to. I actually remember one time hearing um, another pastor tell me this. He said, a, a rookie preacher will ask, what do you want me to talk about? While a seasoned pastor will ask, who am I talking to? And it's, it's kind of the rule to know who your audience is, who you are talking to. And Jesus is a master of this. Jesus knows exactly who he's talking to. He knows his audience. And here's the thing. A bunch of the people that were in that crowd today, there's a good chance that there's quite a few of them that are farmers and fishermen. I mean, it was, back then, it wasn't like it is today. There's no Walmart. There's no Food Lion. There's no Piggly Wiggly. There could have been a Piggly Wiggly. That story's been around forever. I don't, I'm not sure. But, like, for the most part, it, like, people grew their own food. Like, if we had to do that today, we would starve. Y'all know y'all would. Y'all think y'all can grow some vegetables. All you can grow is tomatoes. That's how Brunswick County soil is. Like, so, but Jesus knows his audience. And so he's like, I'm going to tell them a story. And so I know my audience, and so I'm going to tell this, this kind of farming parable. So which he's, he is right on track, doing exactly what he should do. He knows his audience. Just as today, if I was to get up here and if I wanted to tell you guys a story, I would probably use illustrations about golf. Uh, I would probably use some, some illustrations of the ocean. I would use illustrations about slow drivers. Because we are very familiar with all of those things. Slow drivers on Highway 17, on Main Street, Shalotes, the ocean, and oysters. We get that. We understand that. I would not use illustrations about, like, mountain climbing or, like, having to dig out snow from your car or, uh, you know, because we don't understand those things. I, I surely would not give an illustration about how to cook good Italian pasta down here. Because in the South, though we love to cook, y'all, we can't make a noodle to save our lives. I mean, I'm telling you what, the New York folk, the Jersey folk, they can make some spaghetti. It's just awesome. All of y'all country people that are like, no, my spaghetti's good. Listen, if it came out of the ragu can, it ain't good. All right, we need some help. You, the problem is you think that that's good. That is a problem. He knows his audience. He, but, but then Jesus kind of makes this fatal mistake, some would say, because he tells the story and then just leaves. He tells the story and just total mic drop, walks off stage to the point where the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, you know, it'd probably be good if you told the people what the parable meant. I mean, it'd be good if you told us what it meant, because you just told this awesome story. It was pretty cool, but Jesus, what you don't understand is there's a lot of people that just left this sermon, that just left from hearing this story, this parable, 
And they didn't have the takeaway that you just explained to us. As a matter of fact, I guarantee you, Jesus, like, if people were just to hear this story and then you didn't give them the explanation, people are going to walk away thinking that this dude wasn't a very good farmer. I mean, remember, this is a group of farmers. They know how to farm. And this dude's, like, just throwing seed everywhere. There's seed on the footpath. There's seed amongst rocks. There's seed amongst thorns and weeds. And like, you're talking to a, a skilled group of people, and just you didn't tell them the explanation. You didn't tell them about the word and the heart and the soil. And so they just left thinking, man, he should have been a better farmer. He should have been a better farmer. And I was thinking about that this week, and I often wonder how often we come to church and we have that exact same takeaway. See, we could come to church and we could hear the message, we could hear the word, but sometimes I think we, we, we leave this place and the only thing that we can think about is, well, I just need to be a better person. I come to church and, and I wear a little bit nicer shirt. Uh, I, I kind of got a few wrinkles out, and, and I heard the pastor preach the message, and there was worship, and, and it was a nice experience, and there's all these things. There's this list of stuff in my life that I know that I'm not doing right, and, and if I could just get it right, then God can use me. If I could just be a better farmer, if I could just fix all of these things in my life, then life would be good. If I could, if I could just kick this problem, kick this habit, then, then God will use me. And so we spend all of our time and a majority of our Christian walk just trying to be better farmers, trying to figure out how we can clean our act up. But then there's this problem. We leave this place uh, we've heard the stories. Remember, there's sometimes there's, uh, the interpretation hasn't quite reached our heart yet, and so we try to clean our, our act up. And, and, and for the most of us, some of us have gotten good at it. Some of us, man, man I, I'm, I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm no longer doing the things that I, I once was doing. When I stub my toe at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm not dropping F-bombs <laughs> all the time. Some of y'all still are. Some of us still are. I'm in there with you. It's all this. But like, we do all of these things, and life on the surface gets like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing better now. But the problem is, if we were to be really honest, it's not producing the results that we thought it would. See, while, while on the surface things have gotten better, and on the surface, I'm, I'm to the world, my neighbors and, and my coworkers and my friends, they can see that, man, he's doing better. He's looking up. Things are going okay. But on the inside, man, something ain't right. On the inside, this seed isn't producing the crop that it's supposed to produce. This seed isn't producing the joy that I thought it would produce. This seed that I've put in, and God, I've cleaned up, I've got already, things should be good, but they're not. I, I have a buddy, uh, we've been friends for, for a long time, and uh, this, this particular friend, he's been through a lot. His life has been full of ro roller coasters, ups and downs, there's been 
addictions, there's been pain, there's been sorrow, there's been loss. And, and there was this conversation in which, which we had, and he made this comment. He said, Lucas, it seems like every time I try to get right, things just get worse. And every time I try to clean up my act, it just seems like everything goes wrong. And I told him, that's your problem. That's your problem. Like, you think that if you could just clean up your mess, Jesus will accept you. And the truth is, Jesus accepts you just as you are. Like, you don't have to fix yourself up for Jesus. See, you're trying to fix up the outside. Jesus is trying to fix up the inside. As a matter of fact, he's not actually really trying to fix up anything. He didn't die to make you better. He died to make you new. He didn't die so you could look good to everybody else. He didn't die just so you could have this and, and have that and, and everyone can look at your life and think that you're a good husband, good father, good mother, good this, good that. No, no, Jesus like, no, we don't need a, we don't need a, a, a pacemaker here. We need an entire transplant. And if you spend all your time just trying to make yourself better, you're going to continually fall short, and your life is never going to produce the results that you want it to produce, nor the results that Jesus wants it to produce. Because you've had these moments where, especially right now where we're at the beginning of a new year, and we think, okay, it's going to be a good year this year. I've got all these hopes. I've got all these dreams. This is what, this is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm getting serious with my faith this year. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a better husband. And we have failed miserably already. January 13th. What is it? Y'all don't know either. Y'all failed at the calendar, too. Oh my. See, look, we all need some help. We don't even know what day it is. You've had that moment where everything, you tried to make it better, and then things just fall apart. You, you, you made the decision, I'm going to spend more time with my family, only to get the promotion at work, and now you're busier than ever. Jesus, uh, I, this is the moment. I'm going to read my Bible and then all of a sudden, the phone starts ringing, emails start coming in, the kids are going crazy. You finally got sober, and then your wife left you. You're drug-free, and now your body's falling apart. Like, man, when I was doing all these drugs, Lucas, and everything, man, I didn't experience any of these problems. Now that I'm clean and sober, man, I'm in the hospital all the time. And I know people, and I know their stories, and they're telling me, it's like, I'm trying to get right, I'm, tr I'm trying to get healthy, and then they just opened up a new burger shack right down the road, and I can't do it. Like, whatever it is, you've, we're trying, we're trying to get things better, and I've learned this, that the outside is easy. The inside is incredibly, I, I, as a matter of fact, it's not just hard, it's impossible. It takes a savior. It takes Jesus. It's when the change not just reaches your head, it's when the change reaches your heart. It's easy to paint the walls. It's pretty hard to replace the plumbing. And here's the thing about this story. Here's what's amazing when Jesus is telling the story. All of the seed that the farmer is throwing out is good seed. 
It doesn't matter if the seed lands uh, on the footpath. It doesn't matter if the seed lands in stones and thorns or whatever. The problem isn't the seed. The problem is the soil. The, the problem isn't the seed. The problem is the soil. And, and Jesus is doing this. He's telling this story. And I think sometimes what happens is we spend all of our time not trying to adjust the soil, but trying to adjust the seed. See, we live in a world right now, and I, I believe this oftentimes in society, where things that happen in the natural can very much reflect what things are happening in the supernatural. We now live at a time here in America where 93% of the corn and the soy that we eat is called GMOs. And it stands for genetically modified organism. So in other words, this 93% of the corn that you buy isn't really corn. It's been genetically modified. Some scientist in some lab has modified the corn and the soy and the seeds for different reasons, for all good reasons, to to either be uh, resistant against certain uh, insects, to, to be different prone from droughts and rains, all, all that can produce mo- more corn. And so the thing is, we've done all of this work to change the seed, but we didn't change the soil. And I think sometimes that's exactly how we treat the Word of God. We try to change the Word to fit our circumstances, then rather let the Word change us. We try to genetically modify what Jesus said because sometimes there's things that, God, I know you said some things here that I don't know if I really agree with it, so I'll just kind of change it and mold it to fit my circumstance, my surrounding. That way it'll work out better. And I don't think Jesus is like, it doesn't work like that. There's no GMOs in heaven. There's no genetically modified corn in heaven. I just spit all over the place. Sometimes I think we're trying to change the seed. As a matter of fact, if you look at the scripture, if you actually look at Genesis from the very beginning, that's the, the enemy's attack that he has with people. Think about it with Adam and Eve. When, when he's, he's trying to tempt them, original sin, when it's happening, what, is, what does he say to him? He says, but did God really say? He's trying to modify the word of God. But did God really say that it would happen? Come on, just take of the apple. He tried to modify the seed, and we see the outworking of it. And so for the rest of our time here, I want to give us three things, three things that, uh, while on the surface, I, this, I already know, this probably isn't going to be my best sermon ever, but this, there's going to be something I'm going to say in just the next few moments that will help you for the rest of your life. If you grab onto this and hold this, I guarantee for some of us, we will find ourselves in this particular parable for the next few moments. And that's this. There is a very easy strategy of the enemy that he's trying to use to attack God's word and God's people. Uh, the scriptures tell us that he is out to steal, to kill, and destroy. In this parable, there's three things that are attacking the seed. And that's birds, rocks, and thorns. The first one is the spur. There's the seed that, uh, that the farmer has thrown out. And it says this about the seed, that the, the seed was first trampled underfoot, and then the birds came down and swooped it up. Um, does, 
there anybody in the house that has a $20 bill? Come on, y'all. I'm not going to steal your money. 20 bucks. There's, there's no married guys. There's probably only single. You, you got that from your wife. Yeah, I know you ain't got 20. I ain't seen a 20 in nine years. I, I got married and do you take? Just, yeah, just take it. So I'm just joking. Thanks for the tw- No. So I saw this illustration once. I can't take credit for it, but th- th- it was just amazing. Um, 20 bucks, right? How much is it worth? How much is it worth? No matter what I do to this, it's still worth $20. And see, I think some of us, sometimes, we feel like we've been trampled underfoot. And because there's been some things in our life which told us that we were worthless, and to which the world said, your gifts and your callings, that's how much they're worth. But it doesn't change the value in which God's placed on your life. It doesn't matter what you have done. You are worth what God says you are worth. And see, the attack of the enemy is to say, no, 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 what you have is worthless. The gift and the calling that you have, it's not as good as his gift. It's not as good as hers gift. So that's, that's worthless. And so, and, so, and so we've had this warped sense of self-worth and thinking that, well, I, because I don't compare to them, I've been stepped on, I've been trampled on by foot. But God says, no, no, no. You're worth exactly what I tell you you're worth. And if we're not careful, that same seed, the enemy will come in and he will try to swoop in and take it. He will try to take your identity. He will try to take the dreams and the passions and say, because of this, you're no, you can't be used in the kingdom. That's the first strategy of the enemy. He likes to stomp on things. He likes to use birds. He likes to snatch up the seed that was placed on your life. He likes to devalue you. The second one is rocks. So there's this farmer, and there's this seed, and all of a sudden the seed is going out, and it's, some of the seed is falling onto this rocks. And, and Jesus tells us the reason why the, the seed isn't really growing is because there's no, there's no roots that are taking place. There's no water that's coming to the seed, and so it's not being able to grow in maturity. So here's the thing. Right now at this moment, I'm throwing out some seed to you guys. We're reading some word. We're reading some scripture you're getting some seed in you. But here's the thing. That seed was meant to be watered. That seed was meant to be watered. See, it's not enough just to come to church on Sunday mornings and think you're good for the week. You've got to go home and water it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. See, I don't know about you, but if I only ate one day a week, I would starve to death. I'm hungry right now, right? Right? Some of y'all, we've been doing some 21 days of prayer and fasting. We might have to start that over because it only was like one, and then you ate. And then, like, you get hungry. And here's the thing, that seed needs water. It, does, it doesn't matter, like, man, how good the word was. Even if you were part, like, Jesus like, no, no, you've got to water it. And we've got to learn to water the seed. We've got to learn. Listen, man, I don't know, church just wasn't, pastor really didn't bring it like he usually does. It don't matter. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to water the seed. 
I'm going to water the seed because it needs some moisture to grow. I'm going to water the seed. Satan will do everything he can to dehydrate you. Satan will do everything he can to turn you into some Christian beef jerky. (laughs) That is his strategy. God's called you some filet mignon, and Satan's like, nah, we're going to turn it into jerky. We're not going to water that. We're going we're to we're allow them to think that you could just, just do this and that's enough. And, and, and that's why as a church, that's why we're constantly asking, you know, like, get involved with a group. Get, 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 get involved with other people. Get connected. Go to the growth track. Uh, serve on a team. Get connected with other people. Uh, Lucas, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling disconnected. Are you a part of a group? No. Get to be a part of a group. Look, I just don't know. I don't feel like... Get connected with something. Serve on. Get beyond it. Like you need to water that seed. Like I don't care what it is. I remember whenever I, I, I first got serious about Jesus, it didn't matter what it was. If something was happening, I just wanted to be a part of it because I knew that I didn't know anything, and I just, I just, I, I knew that I needed more of Jesus in my life. I, I knew that like my way wasn't working. So whatever the pastor was saying, I'll do that. Be a part of a group. Okay, I'm there. We have an outreach project. Okay, I'm there. I don't care what it is. I just want to be a part. Why? Because I need some watering. Because if not, I will dehydrate. Satan will do everything he can to isolate you, to dehydrate you, to snatch the seed that God has put in your life. And then there's this, this last one, this third strategy that the enemy has, and that's, that's there's thorns. Some of this, this seed fell among thorns, and it says that it actually literally grew up and it choked the life out of this plant. Now, I think if anything, this is probably the most prevalent in society today. Whereas, man, we, we get planted, get a little bit of water, things start growing, things start looking up, but then all of a sudden, the enemy starts putting things in, in proximity that grow beside us that shouldn't be beside us. And all of a sudden, it grows up to the point where it begins to block the light. And all of a sudden, instead of becoming better, we get bitter. Instead of finding ourselves growing closer and closer to God, we find ourselves growing more and more judgmental. And this is not the path of Jesus. Just imagine with me for a moment, like if you were to literally walk in the footsteps of Jesus, I I would just imagine that day after day, man, you would just find yourself more and more surrounded with his love, of his grace, of his mercy. I know that that's Peter's story. I I know Peter started off thinking like, yeah, I kind of got it all together. And by the end, he just saw how fragile he really was. I look at the life of Paul, and I even look at some of the words that he uses to describe himself, where he's like, yeah, I'm an apostle. Yeah, I'm one of the disciples, to the point where he's like, I'm the least of these. Because the, the closer and closer he grew to Jesus, the more and more, man, there was, I don't know about you, but if, if I'm a Christian, and, am I, and I'm living this daily life, I want to be more humble tomorrow than I was today. I want to be more loving tomorrow than I was today. I want to be more forgiving tomorrow than I was today because Jesus has been more, more of everything to me. And we've got to pause long enough to ask ourselves this very serious question. Have I been walking with God? And, but do, can I be honest? And the truth is, I have gotten bitter. I have gotten judgmental. 
I have found myself just pointing the finger at everyone else and saying, well, I would have done it this way and they should have done it that way and look at what they're doing. Maybe that's because we've allowed some things to grow in proximity and some distractions of the enemy and it's literally choking the life out of us. It's literally choking the joy of your salvation. When we let things into our proximity that aren't supposed to be there, it'll give us this feeling of growth, but it's really choking the life out of us. I've seen it so many times. And we begin to judge other people's soil. We can leave church and, yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, worship, worship just, I don't know, it really wasn't that good today. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. I don't know. I don't know about that church. I don't know about that pastor. What are you doing? I'm just not getting fed. Learn how to feed yourself. Listen, I know I'm like being really hard on y'all guys this morning. Like, I promise I'll make some jokes next week. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. But I just felt this week, I just kind of felt like in order for things to change, something's got to change. And I'm not trying to change the seed anymore. I'm trying to change the soil. And God, the change needs to start right here. God, I want to be soft towards my wife. I want to be tender towards my children. I want to be a loving pastor. I don't want to just appear it on the outside. I just don't want it to look like that way to everybody else, God. I need you to change my heart. I don't need just you to paint it up and make it look good. God, I want to produce the type of results that you're talking about here. But, but it, it, it's from the heart, God. And, and the thing is, it might look different to other people on the outside. There's some people that might try to judge this soil, and they don't understand what you're doing. But, God, that's okay. Because here's the thing. I love how this scripture starts. Because I could just see the crowd and I could see people leaving thinking that they just got to be better farmers. They just got to do a better job because after all, we just plant these little lines and we just put the seed in it one by one and you water it. And that's just how you grow your garden. And Jesus is like, no, my word, it just goes out everywhere. You will find the word of God everywhere. You will find the word of God not just in church. You'll find the word of God in Walmart. You'll find the word of God uh, living and breathing and moving at the gas station. You'll find the word of God in in NCIS episodes. You will find it everywhere except the Hallmark Channel. It skipped that. I'm just, I got to loosen up the crowd a minute. But here's the thing. We like to judge people's soil. And, And again, here's how it starts. Jesus rolls into town. And he says he's rolling into town with his crew with him. He's got 12 disciples. And then the Bible mentions three different ladies and then many others. Now, this is very important because this is a rabbi. This is a rabbi coming into town. And, and rabbis are like, rabbis are the man of the day. And so whenever they were to pick their group and to have their people and kind of have their entourage, these were like the best of the best. And this group that Jesus has with them, we got some fishermen, we got some tax collectors, 
We got some, some people that had been delivered from some demons. And it's pretty amazing that even it mentions specifically these three ladies. Because in that time and in that society, that would never have been allowed. They would have never allowed these women to, to follow in the steps of these other rabbis. And so when Jesus came into town, there was all kinds of people judging that soil. There was all kinds of people saying, man, look at that ragtag bunch. Look at that rabbi. Look at the people who are rolling with him. And I think they missed it because they were only looking with their eyes and they never looked with their heart. And I think Jesus is telling the story of like, listen, I know y'all want things to change. It starts right here. It starts right here. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, just... Lord God, there may be some folks in the room this morning that, Lord, the strategy of the enemy is he's done everything he can to try to snatch away the seed that you've put in us. God, maybe there's someone in the room this morning that they just feel like they've been stepped on. They've been trampled underfoot and they just feel worthless. They feel like every time they try to get better, it's just like that seed gets snatched up. And Lord God, maybe there's some people in the room that, that God, they've been living off of one meal a week, and they're just dehydrated. And God, maybe there's some other ones that we've allowed the worries and the cares of this world to bog us down. We've traded what's eternal for what's temporal. And we've lost focus. And if we were honest, we would say, it's literally choking the life out of us. God, for all of us in here that have fallen to one of these attacks or all of these attacks, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says, he who has an ear, let him hear. And God, right now, here on this moment, we hear your words that echo throughout all the ages that you spoke on that cross when you said it is finished. That God, you've made a way when there was no way. God, that we don't have to clean ourselves up, that God, we could come to you just as we are and you love us. Lord God, that 2019, God, it'll be different. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.